Amen. How many feel the presence of the Lord? Amen. He's in this place tonight. Amen. We give him full reign. How many will give him full reign tonight? To do what he wants to do. Amen. Get your Bibles open to the book of Acts. I mentioned this morning, today is actually the day of Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. And uh, some of you have no idea what that means. Some of you have heard it your whole lives and don't know what it means. Some of you know what it means. That pretty much covers all of us right there. But I want to, I can, I can put myself in the one that, uh, when I was growing up, didn't know what it meant. But I remember hearing it a lot, every year. It's Pentecost Sunday. I didn't know what it meant. So I'm going to let you know tonight. We're going to start in chapter 2, and I'm going to back up a chapter, and we're going to go over some things, and I want to talk tonight about the secret weapon. Amen? The Holy Spirit is the secret weapon. If you haven't figured it out yet, there's a real devil... We live in a real world with real problems, real battles, and the only way to really walk in absolute victory all the time is to be filled with his spirit, amen? And we don't take, uh, we, don't, we don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit. Uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't get talked about enough. You know, that's, that's what we have today. We, we talk about God. We talk about God the Father. We talk about God the Son, Jesus, and we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit because he's, he's what's here today. We're in that place where the Spirit of God is on the earth. And uh, so we need to give him liberty in our lives. Amen. So let's look at uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And, uh, and you'll know why this is called Pentecost Sunday in just a moment. And I'm going to show you, just teach you a little bit tonight about some things. And then, and then also show you some things maybe you haven't seen. And uh, of course on this subject, uh, I could talk for weeks, months, years um series i could do a year series on the holy spirit but i want to give you some stuff tonight maybe you haven't heard so the verse one of chapter two says and when the day of pentecost had fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Father, thank you for this praise and worship tonight. Thank you for bringing your church back tonight. Thank you for allowing us to have a few moments to just receive from your word tonight. God, anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Lord, we don't know if this is the last time we'll be in your presence, Father, on this earth. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Lord, we're looking and watching every day, Lord, to be with you and watching for your return. So just let us have a great service tonight, God, and anoint this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to go to book chapter 1 in just a second, but let's read this part again. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And so we see that day of Pentecost, and a lot of people relate that today. Like you'll hear somebody say, we're Pentecostal, or they're Pentecostal. And it's really funny that people say that. Because they think that when they say Pentecostal, they just tie that to tongues. They just tie that to, to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But they don't really realize that Pentecost has been around way back since the book of Exodus. Way back. And at that point in time, Pentecost had absolutely nothing to do with tongues. Y'all here? I know that might floor some people. 
So we, we get this concept in our minds, and you, how many have heard, maybe before you ever even came to our church, heard that, that if you heard Pentecostal or Pentecostals, that was just kind of tied into those holy rollers, those crazy people, the ones that do backflips and cartwheels and hang off the ceiling fans and all that stuff. That's kind of what people were tied into. But did you know the word Pentecost has zero to do in its word and in what its meaning of Spirit of God or anything? It means 50. It means 50th day. Okay, 50th day. Today we're celebrating Pentecost Sunday, the 50th day since Passover, since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay? And the reason that, it, that it's important to us is what happened on the day of Pentecost, not what Pentecost means. Okay, so we see here that on the day of Pentecost was a day that Jesus had spoken about and said this was going to happen. I want you to go and wait for me. And so it happened on that day, on the day of Pentecost, that they were in one place and in one accord and all gathered together and seeking and waiting for what? How many know what they were seeking and waiting for? The Holy Spirit. And what's the other word we use? The promise. Okay, I'm not going to go there tonight, but Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, go and wait for the promise that I'll send and give you. He says, I'm leaving, I'm going away, and, but I'm going to send you the promise. Okay, and so they go and they wait, and, and we'll see in just a second when they went and what day they went. And I mentioned this morning that they were there about, about 10 days, and you'll see why in just a moment. But when they got there, this is the end result, and we're going to kind of go backwards tonight and see why they came to this place how many know if we don't know where we're at or where we've come from we don't know why we're at where we're at and sometimes we got to see where here's where i'm at and here's what i have but why did i get it and why did i need it and it's important that we understand that that that, that today in the world sadly there's a percentage of christians in the world who are baptized in the holy spirit and speak in tongues and God never intended that there'd be a percentage of believers that have, are baptized in the Holy Spirit. God intended that every believer would be baptized in the Holy Spirit and every believer would be full of the Holy Spirit. It's never supposed to be a denominational thing and God never intended that and it's not scriptural for it not to be. It's for everybody. And there's many verses to, to, to back that up but we see here that on that day, on the 50th day, they were there together, the, the, the fire of God, the power of God fell in that place, and we saw some key words that we talk about a lot that said upon. Okay, it came upon. Jesus breathed into to the disciples, but this is where the Spirit came upon them. And the, the, the physical evidence of them being baptized in the Holy Spirit was that they spoke in tongues. Okay? Now, um, I want to I go back in just a second and show you something, but I think I want to say this real quick before I go back. Um, we see here again, they're all, all were filled, so we see everybody, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then we see, without reading all the verses, you see there in the following verses that they were, they were in a place. Could have been a temple, could have been the upper room, doesn't matter. They were in a place, but the power of God fell so strong that outside the people heard them. Okay, There was 120 of them, the Bible tells us. And, and again, I've, I've said this, I know that there's going to be some people here tonight that might have never heard a teaching on this, and so I, I want to say a few key things that are very important. Uh, why doesn't everybody have it? God, Jesus appeared to over 500 people, the Bible says. Okay, He appeared to over 500 people in the 40 days that he was on the earth after his resurrection. Some people say, why was he on the earth for 40 days? Why, why not? 
Here's the reason why. If he would have just ascended right into heaven, it would have given more doubt that he had resurrected. He stayed physically on the earth for 40 days, okay, which has a whole other message and a whole other meaning, 40 days. You can go a lot of places with that, okay? But he stayed on the earth, and he appeared to over 500 people, physically saw him and, 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 and talked to him. And, and I believe that he told all 500 of those people to go wait for the promise, not just the disciples, but only 120 went. And so you, today you have a whole lot of people who have heard about maybe about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or heard about this Holy Spirit, or read about it, but they don't have it. It's not because they can't have it. It's because they don't want it. 120 people said, you know what? Jesus said to go wait for the promise, so I'm going to do what Jesus said, and I'm going to go wait for the promise. He's, he, he, he knows what he's talking about, and if he says I need it, then I need it. How many know if Jesus says we need it, we need it? Amen. So 120 were there, the Bible tells us, gathered in that place, and they began to speak in tongues all at once. The Bible says the Spirit fell, and they all began to speak in tongues, and you can almost imagine the roar, the roar that came out of that building, okay? Whether it was in the upper, in the upper room, whether it was in the temple, it doesn't matter, the physical place. They heard it outside, and then they began to come outside, the Bible says, out of where they were, into the streets, and at this day of Pentecost, people were gathered in Jerusalem from a bunch of different nations. And listen, this is the, this is the thing I really want you to catch. As they're out there, this is in the following verses, as they're out there, people from other nations, let me, let me just mention a couple nations, um, Pamphylia, Persia, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Judea, Mesopotamia, Medes, Parthenians, all these different places, they're there, and as they're walking around and as they're having their celebrations, they hear these 120 people that the world would call them crazy speaking in tongues, but they did not hear just tongues. They heard their language. They heard their language. They began to hear these people, now watch this, that they knew were Galileans. They were all Galileans, all these people that were there. And they heard them speaking in their language, and that means one thing, supernatural. The Holy Spirit is supernatural. The power of the Holy Spirit gives us something supernatural. That's why I call it the secret weapon. It's something that we cannot have in our own power. And if you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit and you are walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, you have realized that you have something that you did not have before you got it. And we don't all operate in the fullness of it. We don't all walk in the fullness of it. I know I don't walk in the fullness of what I know God wants me to walk in, but we, we have an understanding of the power that is there and it's supernatural. And you wonder, well, why did, why did they hear, and this is where people get off and make, make bad mistakes, and they think that, that, that when we speak in tongues, that we, the, the tongue we speak is a language. That's not, not what this is trying to say. They heard their language. It was supernatural to prove to those people that God was in their midst and doing what he did. How many follow that? He did that so they would say, wow, this is supernatural. This doesn't make sense. How could they be speaking our language? How? That's why I did it. It's called a wonder. The Bible says signs and wonders will fall. It makes you wonder. Well, I wonder why that happened. That's why it's called a wonder. If you knew why, then it wouldn't be a wonder. Okay? Signs and wonders shall follow. 
and they heard their languages and then they began to say these people are drunk and that's the rest of the story but I want you to understand that part just because I want you to understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is supernatural I've heard many many stories in my life personal and uh and and reading about many many encounters where people uh were used uh by the power of the holy spirit to speak another language to another person i just read something just recently where uh, uh there were there was a lady that had a church that had a chinese lady uh in the in the gathering i think it was might have maybe have been a conference and uh, she had the tongues and interpretation in the service and she was chinese but did not speak um english and she began to give the tongues and interpretation as she's speaking in tongues. She's speaking evidently in tongues, okay? And then all of a sudden, she's not speaking English. The second half of her tongues and interpretation was in clear English. That's a sign. That's a wonder. Everybody understood what she said, but she didn't speak English. I've heard many, many stories about that. Many missionaries, many people who have had stories where they have seen God do that supernaturally through the tongue. Amen? Now, let's go back to chapter 1 real quick, and I want to show you something here in the first few verses of Acts chapter 1. Day of Pentecost was the 50th day. And we see here in chapter 4, oh, sorry, verse 4. Let's, let's go to chapter 1. Let's actually just start in verse 1. The former account I made, Acts chapter 1, O Theopolis, of, that, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after he through the holy spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen now it's interesting that jesus needed the holy spirit too you go why do i need the holy spirit why do i need to be filled with the holy spirit because jesus did why do i need to be baptized in water because jesus did why do i need to preach because jesus did why do i need to believe for healings because jesus did if Jesus did it, we should do it. Amen. There's nothing that Jesus did that we shouldn't do. He's the, he, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And verse 3 says, to whom he also presented himself alive, at, this is what I said a minute ago, after his suffering by many infallible proofs, now watch this, being seen by them during how many days? 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to, to the kingdom of God. So Jesus resurrects from the dead, and for 40 days he's appearing to people. And then we know that on the 50th day the Holy Spirit fell. That's where the 10 days comes in. Between Jesus saying the promise is going to come, and him ascending into heaven, and the promise coming. Okay? Now look at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. We're going to see that in a minute. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Now, I just kind of mentioned this morning, this is one of the reasons a lot of churches don't have the Holy Spirit moving in their services is because of time elements, okay? Now, I don't believe the Holy Spirit moves in any church like it wants to, amen? Because we, none of us in the world are, are, are able to, to wait as much as God wants us to wait. God wants us to be with him all the time, okay? But churches that have a you know nine o'clock and then a 10 o'clock and then 11 o'clock if he wanted to move he couldn't how many understand that he, he says wait so sometimes we gotta we gotta wait things don't always happen on our time most of the time they don't happen on our time actually but wait for the promise of the father which he said you've heard from me 
That was Luke 24. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with what? The Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. And therefore, when they had come together, keep watching, verse 6, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Why do I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because I need to be a better witness. I need to tell people about Jesus. It's not for me to say, oh, I speak in tongues or, oh, I have this gift. No, it's for you to witness. That's always the reason. How many have ever heard of D.L. Moody? Maybe you've at least heard the name. D.L. Moody, a big, big time evangelist and then became pastor. Some say the greatest evangelist ever. Of course, it's like anything. It's impossible to say that because every century and every generation had a move of God and we don't know the ones from way back. We know that this generation and this, this time for us is Billy Graham, the most known. But in the 1800s, D.L. Moody had the first megachurch. In Chicago, he had a church that seated 10,000 people in the 1800s. Then some people will say that, that, that Pentecost, this is another lie of the devil, that Pentecost started in the 1900s. That's what they say, that, the, that Pentecost came, and before the 1900s, no one ever talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, except for the Bible, I guess, but... They say it happened in the 1900s. They say it happened at Azusa Street. That, that's something we remember and we know, and God did fall on Azusa Street. But D.L. Moody died in 1899, and D.L. Moody was a pastor in Chicago, and he had at one point God using him mightily. God was uh, allowing him to get people saved a lot, and he was filling that church up with people. But he had two Methodist ladies praying for him. And, and for those of you who don't know, today we, we know that the Methodist church is the chosen frozen, frozen chosen, amen, They're, they don't have the Holy Spirit moving too much like they did back in the day, the Methodist church was mightily used, mightily used, that fire just got put out, but a lot of people don't know that, but these two Methodist women were praying for D.L. Moody, and they were seeing what God was doing in his life, and they said, God can do more in your life. And they prayed for him, and they prayed for him, and then finally they spoke to him. He says, what do you mean? What do you mean? They said, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then what he was doing, which was great for the Lord, exploded. How many have heard of Smith Wigglesworth? We, we know, see, this is the end result. We know the end result of D.L. Moody. We know the end result of Smith Wigglesworth. We should read those things. We should read about those guys that had moves of God. See what they did. Smith Wigglesworth raised seven or eight people from the dead. From the dead. From the D-E-D dead. Amen? Dead. <laughs> and, and, and was mightily used, but when he first got saved, he didn't even want to preach. He was a plumber. And his wife kept pushing him and pushing him and pushing him. And his, I, have, I have his devotional I read every day. And he says in there that when he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, the devil was in trouble. Because God was using him mightily. But once he got the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he had a whole nother secret weapon. Amen. How many know that he's the secret weapon tonight? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now there's some people in here that, that have been raised in Pentecost. 
And a lot of times how we've been raised forms us and forms our thinking. And just like anything, we might have seen or been involved with some things that might have gave us a bad taste. Right? Because anything can be abused. And a lot of people abuse the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people call things that are not the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit. And so a lot of things are seen. And so people sometimes grow up, I believe there's a generation of people who were raised in a church where the Spirit of God moved, but it was abused. And today they don't want to have anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Because, they don't, they, because you, can't, you can't control it. When the Holy Spirit begins to move, it's like a fire. You can't control fire very good. Fire spreads. And so a lot of times people are like, we're just going to keep control of this and we're not going to let, you know, let it get out of, out of control. And of course, abuse came in and things happened and things, like I said, that, that were flesh came upon the scene. But listen, you don't have to be afraid of the true Holy Spirit because the true Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And the true Holy Spirit only moves on those who want him to move on them. He doesn't force himself on anybody. So, but if you want the fullness, he wants to give it to you. And I want to show you that in just a second. And so then we see Jesus, the power of God falls. And then, and, and then verses 9 through 11, he goes up into heaven and ascends into heaven. And then we see those preceding 10 days that led us up to Acts chapter 2 where the baptism of the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. I want you to go to the book of chapter, Luke chapter 3, please. And I'm going to give you just a few more verses tonight, and then we're going to have some time to pray. Luke chapter 3. I want to show you two key verses tonight about the baptism. John, uh, sorry, Luke three sixteen. John answered saying to all he's out there baptizing people in the river and christ comes and before he comes he says i indeed baptize you with water now watch how he distinguishes this i indeed baptize you with water but one mightier than i is coming whose sandal strap i'm not worthy to loose and watch this he will baptize you with the holy spirit and fire how many want the Holy Spirit and fire in your lives? Amen. How many know fire burns everything up that doesn't need to be around? Amen. Fire takes care of it all. We need the Holy Spirit and fire in our lives. And so when you hear someone go, fire, that's not like some cool cliche. It's in the Bible. Fire of the Holy Ghost. It's in the Bible. Jesus, sorry, I baptize you with water but one who's greater than I will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and say it, fire. Every preacher and evangelist wants to say fire. Pastor Marshall probably says it the best. <laughs> then you go down to verse 21 and it says, when all the people were baptized, check this out, this is interesting, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus was baptized. And while he prayed, as he was being baptized, the heaven was opened. And watch this. We see Jesus baptized in the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit descended in a bodily form like a dove upon him. Now here's the problem. Again, we religious people like to make a subject of everything. So they just, the, 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 the symbol is a dove here, and so they just think that the dove's got to be present. 
All right? The dove was not what was important. The Holy Spirit was. He chose the dove to come down on, amen? But don't, don't try to, don't make doctrines of that stuff. That's a lot of people do. And I mean, you might have some people that have doves in their house because they want the Holy Spirit around, amen? It's not, that's not what it's about. It, it, that goes back to what we talked about Wednesday night when we're worshiping articles of affection. Like we feel like we have to have a cross on the wall to make sure we're protected, amen? He, he's not on that anymore. That's the symbol of what he died on. But he's not there anymore. He's in heaven. He rose from the dead. Amen. He defeated death on that cross. The Holy Spirit dove is a symbol of that. But we don't need to put any power on the dove. But it says he came down in a, like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven and said, You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so Jesus is baptized for ministry in the Holy Spirit. He's baptized in water. He's baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you know what? Think about this. This is what happens when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says the heavens opened. Okay, the heavens opened up. Now, we don't see a physical heaven open up. But when he baptizes us, heaven opens up for us. And he pours his spirit down upon us. And that word upon is always there, upon. And it comes into us and it fills us up and, and, it, and it gives us a new direction. It gives us a new power and a new strength that we never had before. Can you say amen? Let's look at one more verse in Luke chapter 11. Same chapter, Luke chapter 11. Now this is important because I, I mentioned this this morning. You can read a verse and have a an idea about it because a verse can be used in the Bible for many different things and this morning I gave the example as I was talking about do we have time for God in our lives does he fit in our schedule I used the example of charitable deeds and I said do we do a charitable deed for God when we show up at church and I want to kind of show you a different direct that 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 usually is spoken of money it's usually spoken of, of of financial things especially when you think of charitable but that's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, that we would not do things charitably to be seen in any way, but that we would do it from our heart. So watch this. Here's, here's some verses we're going to read. And a lot of people take the direction of, of finances when they do this or things. But we're going to show you something different. Look at verse 9 of Luke chapter 11. And as I read this, you're going to recognize this. this is, these are verses you've heard before. So I say to you, and this is Jesus' words, ask and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. How many have heard these verses? Knock, and it will be opened unto you. How many have heard that verse before? Ask, seek, knock. Okay? So Jesus says, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. So as we continue to read here in a second, what Jesus, what Jesus is saying in these words is that I want you to seek me. I want to give you my best, but I want you to seek me. I want you to ask. I want you to want it. I want you to desire it. I said it a second ago. He's not going to pour his spirit on you if you don't want it. He, he will pour out his spirit on those who want it who want to be filled. And when we want it, and when we ask, and when we say, Lord, I want that. I want that power. I want that anointing. I want that strength. He'll give it to you because it says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you'll find, knock and the door will be open. Now watch this next verse. If a son, verse 11, asks for bread, 
from any father among you, will he be given a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he be given a serpent instead of a fish? Now, a lot of times we look at these things like financial things or things when we read these verses, and it can be used for that. But I want you to pay attention to something. Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Now, look what 13 says. If you, then being evil, meaning having a sin nature, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give money to you? How much more will your heavenly Father give things to you? What is he talking about? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to who? To those who ask him. That's why we always try to tell you, if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you got to ask for it. God's not going to come down and open your mouth and put the words in your mouth. you got to ask for it. That's what he's saying here. Seek, ask, knock, and it'll be given to you. But isn't that interesting that a lot of times, and again, it doesn't mean it can't be used for things, that we want to ask God for things. But how many know that that, that thing is the greatest gift? Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, having the fullness of God is the greatest gift you can possibly have. How many agree with that? The greatest gift you can possibly have, and it's free. And when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the fullness of God and the fullness of what God wants you to have, there's nothing that God can't do in you. Nothing. I want to close in Acts 19. All the different places in the book of Acts that talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and when they would receive it always talked about that there was something that happened when they received the power of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 19 is something that you can teach people and it's something that's really powerful for for this. But I want to remind you tonight, Paul said, I wish that you would all speak in tongues and prophesy. God wants every single believer to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We've seen several verses about that already. And in Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit fell and when they came out, and again, this is just for anybody who's never heard a message on this, when they came out of the upper room, the leader was Peter. Okay, Peter. The same Peter who denied Jesus three times. The same Peter who was ashamed of Jesus. The same Peter who was afraid of to say I believe or I'm with Jesus to a girl a little girl he was scared and afraid but now the same Peter that's what happened to D.L. Moody D.L. Moody said my sermons didn't change my words didn't change he said my boldness changed the power within the words I spoke changed it's the, it's the boldness and the power that the Holy Spirit gives you. And so we see a Peter walk out of, the, out of the upper room with a boldness now that the same Peter that spoke, was afraid to, to say, yes, I'm with Jesus, to a girl, now preaches to fi- over 5,000 men and, and preaches this word with a boldness so strong and they're asking him, pierced to their heart, what do we have to do to be saved? And then you see later on in the chapter 2, he says, repent and be baptized 
and receive the Holy Spirit. And they receive it and that begins their walk through the book of Acts, the original church. You could almost say today's the birthday of the church. Amen? Today's the birthday of the church. And if we celebrate the birthday of the church, we need to celebrate the baptism of the Holy Spirit because that's what happened on the birthday of the church. The Spirit of God fell from heaven and anointed his church to do the church work. So if that's what happened on the day of Pentecost, on the birthday of the church, why has the church stopped walking in that? If that's what happened on that day. That's why we have to, as I said this morning, contend we have to contend for the baptism of the holy spirit we have to contend for praying for the sick we have to contend for the power of god moving because if we don't the devil will just try to flush it right out of here and then we'll just be having social meetings but we need god's power so we see in this last verse here as we close in chapter 19 we see something very interesting that Paul has traveled to Ephesus. And he didn't travel in a car and it wasn't from one day to the next. Lots of time had passed from Acts chapter 2. And he's in a different country or a different city now in a different place. And it says as he gets there, read with me in verse 1, it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and found some what? What did he find? Disciples of who? Jesus. Okay, some believers in Jesus. And this is one of my favorite scriptures because Paul says something very straightforward. And I've, and I've said this before. He didn't say, hey, how y'all doing? He said, have you been baptized since you believed? How many know that that means that he, he thought that was real important? His first question was, have you been baptized? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, again, we've talked about this recently that people teach that you automatically get the Holy Spirit when you're saved. And if that's the case, why is he asking these disciples if they've received the Holy Spirit? There's an inward dwelling, obviously, when Jesus comes into your life. It's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's, an, it's a totally separate thing. And so he says, have you received since you believed? Now watch this, stay with me. And so this is for the people who've never heard this. So they said, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And that church right there, that verse, that sentence is the picture of many churches today. Many, many churches, unfortunately, sadly to say. I thank God that I was raised with a mom and dad that took me to a church where the Holy Spirit moved. I thank God that we're part of a fellowship that believes in the Holy Spirit moving. I thank God that we're part of a church that believes that the Holy Spirit still moves today. Amen? Because there's a whole lot of churches who haven't even heard of it. Why? Because it's not preached. And, and that's not anything new because it wasn't preached there yet. But I mean, they, they have an excuse at least. It had just happened. What's the excuse of the church? It's been 2,000 years. But why, what's happened? Holy, devils come in and said, I'll let them have services. I'll let them gather together. But I got to make sure that that fire doesn't burn. I got to make sure that it's just a social meeting and that they can mention Jesus if they want as long as no fire breaks out. No revival breaks out. It's kind of like us individually. The devil will let you be saved as long as you don't affect somebody else. 
He'll, he'll massage your back and, and even give you a massage on the back and say, hey, you're doing a good job. He'll, he'll, he'll cheer you on. Once you begin to affect other people's lives, that's when he gets worried. He says, maybe, maybe he says, I've lost Brenda. I've lost Destiny. I've lost Josh. I'm just going to let him. But once you begin to say, I don't want to just be saved. I want to do something with my life. I want to touch somebody else's life. Once you begin to do that, sirens go off in hell. And the devil says, we got to go do something to them because they're going to spread like wildfire and something's gonna, they're going to touch other people's lives because there's a destiny there. And God forbid that they get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let's make sure that church don't talk about that. Because the demons are afraid of the Holy Spirit. We've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit in verse 3. And he said to them, into what were you baptized then? Into John's baptism, he says, into water. He said, we're baptized in water. So that had gotten there. Paul said, Jesus' words. John, indeed, baptized with a baptism of repentance. How many are seeing here in this, just tonight in this message, that this is discipleship? Jesus said it. Paul said it. We're saying it. And hopefully the next generation says it, if Jesus tarries. We've got to keep this fire alive. Let me tell you something. It's being attacked today, and 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 a lot of again, a lot of churches don't talking about it. And the devil wants the Holy Spirit to just totally be wiped out. So we have to pass this on. He says the same. We need to say the same words. John baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying they should believe on Jesus and Him who would come after Him. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and what happened they spoke with tongues and prophesied musicians you can come tonight what is the baptism it's the fullness of god it's the secret weapon of god it's 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 a power that's not of us it's a power that we can't get any glory for it's something that comes upon us and gives us a boldness to do something we cannot do on our own in our own words and Peter was the perfect example of that and all the other disciples men and women that followed that have brought the gospel to today we have got to stay keep this alive and listen if you have not received it tonight can be your night God wants us all to be full of the Holy Spirit all of us and I thank God that I'm not the giver amen he's the giver I'm just giving you a message to raise your faith and want it and desire it. And I could pass the microphone tonight to many people in this place who would give a testimony of how their lives were changed, how their prayer lives were changed when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not a heaven or hell. It's not going to keep you out of heaven if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to be saved. It's not a salvation thing, but you need it to be everything God's called you to be. You need it to overcome. You need it to, to be able to pray when, when you don't know what to pray. And the thing that's so, I go back to the supernatural part as we close. It's been quite a while, but I've showed a video back in the past that, do you, does anybody remember who it was by? Was it, was it a secular radio or TV station that did that thing on, on the doctors with putting the thing on their brain? It was a news station, right? A news station did it. It's on YouTube. And they actually brought some people in who spoke in tongues and did brain scans on them. And here's the amazing thing, how you know it's supernatural. 
while they were speaking in tongues, their brain, there was no brain, um, the brain lobe was not moving. Which means it's not the brain. Which means it's not your words. It's supernatural. It's your spirit speaking. How's that possible? When they're speaking words, the lobe of the brain is moving. When they speak in tongues, no movement. That's supernatural. That's supernatural. God wants us to have the supernatural. If we're going to see everything we want in God in our lives, this is what you need when you're really going through that storm. When you're really going through that battle and you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, you pray in the Spirit. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. And as you stand, one, one thing that uh, is important tonight to understand too is why? Why do I got to speak in tongues? You don't have to. You what? You get to. Why the tongue? Because the tongue, the Bible says, is the most defiled part of the body. So it makes sense that God would choose that. That thing that we curse with, that thing that we, that we gossip with, that thing that we say things with that are, that are not godly, that we can't tame. It's that same tongue he sanctifies. Sanctifies it. Amen. Gives us clarity of mind. I want us to pray tonight and I want us to just seek the Holy Spirit. He loves, we had a great, great service this morning, great presence of God at the altar, great spirit and praise and worship. He's here. He's already here. And he wants to baptize us. He wants to, if you've already been baptized, he wants to refill you tonight. He wants to just give you a new touch. And, and, and inside of that new touch, you know what he's going to do? He's going to give you a new boldness. He's going to give you a renewed vision. He's going to give you a new compassion for the lost. When you know you got it, when you know the Holy Spirit's moving, you're thinking about other people. You're worried about other people. You're compassionate about other people. And you're able to do things that you cannot do on your own.